Hey, hey, Cannabis Curious community. What's up? I hope you guys are having a great week. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis and Coffee. This week, I want to talk to you about Michigan's emergency rules for the recreational cannabis market. Very exciting times here in Michigan. The state released the emergency rules on July 3rd. These rules have been much anticipated by the cannabis industry. In November 2018, the state voted to legalize recreational cannabis. So there's a lot of buzz around these rules as recreational cannabis is now legal in Michigan, but the commercially regulated market has yet to come into play. No one is currently licensed to produce or process or sell recreational cannabis. Um, Citizens can grow. There is a home grow provision. Um, But if you were to be someone who is traveling to Michigan right now and you hear that we legalize recreationally, you wouldn't be able to walk into a dispensary and get recreational marijuana because we have yet to get this up and running. So the emergency rules are a big first step in doing just that. Um, So I wanted to talk to you guys today about some of the things that I read in those rules and just maybe some general observations that I have about the cannabis industry here in Michigan. Before we dive into the recreational market, I want to take a step back and just set a little bit of context on the current medical market. In 2008, the state voted to legalize medical marijuana. And at that time, it was a patient caregiver model. And that existed for about eight years until about 2016. And in 2016, the state determined it was time to create a more commercially regulated market for medical cannabis. And this is when the five business licenses came online. And that's the grower, the processor, the provisioning center or dispensary, safety compliance, and secure transporter. And so right now, those are the five businesses that are being licensed in the state of Michigan. And medical cannabis from licensed cultivators is starting to enter the supply chain. Though um, caregivers still play a very large role in the medical market here in Michigan. Um, So there's some interesting data out there right now on how much of the medical market is supplied by licensed cultivators versus caregivers. And, you know, it can be upwards of 10 times uh, caregivers are supplying the market. So recreational is an opportunity for whole new players to enter the market, and there isn't going to be that competition with the caregivers. The the thing to note there, though, is that for the first two years of the state accepting applications for recreational licenses, the requirement is that you already have a medical license. So for a period of time, the market is going to be somewhat narrow and condensed to people that are already participating in the medically licensed market. And that applies to the five licenses that are in the medical market that we are also going to see in the recreational market. The grower, the processor, the provisioning center, the safety compliance, the secure transporter. There are additional licenses in the recreational market that won't have that requirement because they don't exist in the medical market. And those are some very exciting licenses. So I I was really interested to see that the state is issuing licenses for designated social consumption establishments as well as events. This to me is very progressive. In my observation, as states are legalizing cannabis recreationally, medically, or both, social consumption is sort of like the last frontier. For example, Colorado just recently sort of legalized or created a licensing framework for social consumption as well. 
it's a really great sign that Michigan is already thinking about that aspect of the market and creating a license for it now versus waiting a couple years for just the traditional kind of supply chain to get stood up, the grow to sort of sell direct to consumer. I also am really excited by the event licenses. So the way that I read the social consumption and the event licenses is that these could be stacked with another license type. And by stacked, I mean someone who has a current provisioning center license could also have a social consumption or event license. It's not clear to me if social consumption would be able to take place at a provisioning center or if the provisioning center would have to be separate from the social consumption establishment. So you might have a provisioning center on a certain square block in Ann Arbor that owns a lounge, you know, a block or two away. Um, Or it could be in the same establishment. It's not clear to me. I half wonder if it will be up to really the local zoning. Um, While this license is very exciting, it will require municipalities to be comfortable zoning for it, which will be a really big hurdle. Um, Municipalities are, you know, uncomfortable enough with just the sort of very secure kind of basic facility operations of the grow to sell. Getting so getting municipalities over that that hump will be one thing, and then and then maybe the answer to my question here is that it'll it'll depend on the local zoning. Um, I'm I'm not sure. So this is something if I was someone who was interested in pursuing this license, it's definitely a question that I would want to have an answer to. Uh, either way, the way I read the license is you could get a designated social consumption establishment license without having any of the other license types. The last license that I'm really excited about is the micro business license. This one was a little bit less of a surprise because it was included in the language in proposal one, but nonetheless, I think it's going to be a really interesting piece of the Michigan market. So this license allows a licensee to grow 150 plants, process, and then sell those plants on site at the same location. The reason I'm particularly excited about this license is I think that it creates a path for small to medium-sized businesses, and it will help to keep craft cannabis and craft cannabis products in the marketplace. I think something that I'm noticing with states that create recreational markets, the uniqueness and the quality of the product um, becomes a little bit diluted because these large-scale cultivators are trying to appeal to a consumer that they don't understand, in my mind. I think some of the products that they're creating are an attempt to bring new consumers into the industry or into the market, and then some of them are trying to just be like kind of like middle of the road. And to me, this is a huge missed opportunity because the consumer in the cannabis industry is very different than any other industry. And um, the depth and the complexity and like the uniqueness of the products is what's going to appeal to your more regular consumer, which would give you more regular sales. And so it feels like big growers are really missing the boat on this. But the micro business license would allow for that type of product to be on the market and for that type of consumer to continue to be serviced, which ideally would help pull more people from the underground market into the regulated market because there would be 
products available in licensed, regulated legal stores that would appeal to someone who has a more consistent history of consuming cannabis, as well as potentially medical patients. I know it's not the license itself isn't for medical marijuana, but we are seeing that in current provisioning centers, even in the medical market, the products are not meeting their needs because it's not what the licensed cultivators and processors are producing. And so these micro businesses in the recreational market might even have an opportunity to capture some of those folks. Um, Outside of the licenses that will be available in the recreational market, there were some other things that I noted in the emergency rules that I thought were important to point out. Um, One being that the state itself is going to come up with a social equity plan and have some sort of metrics to identify communities disproportionately impacted by prohibition. That information will all become publicly available um, at a to-be-determined date. The state is also requiring that anyone who applies for a business license include a social equity plan within their application. Um, Director Brisbane has stated that there are fairly limited compliance measures around this, so it would be something that you're required to uh, provide the state at point of application and then update every year as you renew your license. Um, But so far, the state has very limited enforcement activities tied to making sure that you are implementing your social equity plan. As it stands right now, the social equity plan for the state and for the licensees themselves doesn't appear to be um, that impactful of a requirement. It kind of looks like, uh, as a former boss of mine would say, lipstick on a pig. One thing that I do think starts to get at allowing greater access to the industry and um, not holding prior arrest or conviction records against a potential cannabis licensee or employee. In the recreational rules, the only standard that one has to meet to apply for a license or uh, be an employee of a licensed business when it comes to the criminal background check is you cannot have been found guilty of distributing a controlled substance to a minor. Uh, So this one to me opens up the industry much broader than the medical provisions do. The medical background check is is much more rigorous. There was a lot of contention with the board in terms of how they evaluated this particular piece of licensees because they did do a fairly deep criminal background check with fingerprints, like sort of FBI government level kind of background check for the last 10 years. Um, But really when it's the government, it it's forever. And um, licensees were required to disclose anything in their background. And if they didn't disclose it and the state found it, then that was automatically you were kicked out of the medical license uh, application process. But there were some things that people disclosed um, that came up in the criminal background check that the state then decided was a reason to not allow that applicant to have a license. And then in addition to a criminal background check associated with being a licensee, there is also requirements for being an employee of a medical cannabis uh, business. I'll be interested to see how the state rationalizes these two different policies because they are only allowing medical licensees to apply for the recreational cannabis business for the first two years. My assumption would be is is if those folks then get a recreational cannabis business license, they may want to hire people that wouldn't meet the medical license requirement, uh, background check requirements, but would meet the recreational 
uh, cannabis business background check requirements, and how would you really separate those two um, types of employees, you know, entirely? If you have a provisioning center that sells both medical and recreational, you presumably would have an employee that's touching both at any given time. Maybe not, but if I was a business owner, I, I sure shit wouldn't want to have to figure out how to like divide my employees' times by what products they were touching and what their criminal background was. So I would want the state to go and I would want the state to allow me to use the recreational measure for all of my employees, which is, you know, there can be some prior convictions, arrest, a history of something to do with cannabis or, you know, anything else. Um, but you cannot have been found guilty of uh, distributing a controlled substance to a minor. So if there's any provision or rule or regulation that's out there so far in the recreational market um, that's that Michigan has put out so far with respect to the recreational market that starts to address the effects of prohibition, this would be the one. The social equity plan is kind of empty for now. There's not much teeth to it. And the state has done nothing to address expunging records. So Michigan is very far behind in terms of adequately addressing the effects of prohibition with cannabis legalization. I do think these other three license types that they have put into the recreational regs, the micro business, the social uh, designated social consumption establishment and the event planning creates more opportunity for small to medium sized players and then reducing that criminal background check requirement hopefully opens it up to folks that might have had prior convictions. But what Michigan hasn't done yet is clear uh, records for folks that have uh, were found guilty of something that is now considered legal. Um, so hopefully this is something we'll see happen soon. I think the state's been pretty quiet on it um, since the elections, since November 2018. I know that Governor Whitmer, you know, discussed it a little bit throughout her uh, running process, um, but there's been very little direct information from the state in terms of what their plan is. And whenever Director Brisbow is asked about it, in my opinion, he kind of punts the question and doesn't offer a satisfactory answer. So with all that said, there are some things in the recreational rules that are starting, you know, very, very minutely to address the effects of prohibition. There are a couple other distinctions between the recreational and medical market that I think will be helpful for people in, um, interested in entering the market. And one is the application fees are much less in the recreational market. They're about a third less overall by license type, which I think is fantastic. Um, the medical uh, yearly fees can be, you know, anywhere from sixty to a hundred thousand dollars, if not more, depending on how many licenses you have. Um, to where the recreational range from about forty thousand to twenty five thousand. Um, those event licenses are much less; they're a thousand dollars a year. Lastly, on the licenses, something to keep in mind as the recreational market is coming online is the states release these emergency rules. They're going to start accepting applications this fall, and they've promised that they will have a decision, denial, or approval within 90 days. It's written into the regs. So it's not even they've promised. It's part of how they are supposed to be uh, regulating the recreational market. And that sounds, I'm sure, very exciting for people who are well aware of the amount of time that it takes to get through the medical market. 
but there is something to consider here. Once the recreational market is open to anyone that's interested in a license, regardless of if you have a medical license or not, those folks that are applying for that recreational license are going to have to have everything in place for their application down to, you know, their facility and their equipment. Um, they're going to have to make sure that the municipality is zoned correctly. They're going to have to have their insurances. They're going to have to have some kind of fire and safety inspection. And so the burden of cost is significant up front. The risk is very high, not just the burden of cost, but the risk, because these potential uh, licensees could go and purchase an outfit and do all of that and then have some sort of issue in the application process where they don't make it through. Or conversely, you're taking on that cost for an extended period of time while you get yourself into a position to even apply. So it might take a year to have everything ready to go in terms of your physical location and your various hoops you need to jump through with insurances and inspections and you know video surveillance equipment and whatever before you even put an application together to submit to the state. This is different from medical slightly. Medical is broken up into two different processes. The first one is the financial and criminal background check. You know, you, you go through that, you pass go, yep, you appear to have the right moral character, tr truly, truly the words that they use, um, and have the right capitalization to start a business. And then from there, you as a licensee would work on securing your facility and outfitting it and the zoning and et cetera, et cetera. And then you'd put together a second application where the state would then come in and inspect your facility make sure everything ticks and ties and you're all good to go. The difference here is you're going to do all of that and then apply to the state. So the state could, there could be a snag anywhere along the way. I'm not sure that I think that one process is better over the other. I think they're just different. And I will be interested to see how it all shakes out um, as we start to see more people apply for the recreational license that do not have the medical license. So this would probably be closer to 2022-2023 type of time frame where we're starting to see these types of businesses enter the market. So overall, the recreational market, I think, is going to be very exciting in Michigan. It's going to take a lot of time to set up, and it's going to be many years before the supply chain is fully optimized. And in that time, we're probably going to see a lot of businesses start and you know, fail in mergers and acquisitions. Um, and we'll likely see the state continue to kind of shift and change regulations to shift and move with the market. I think just like any other state, we're going to always have a very strong underground market. Um, it's, it's, I think it's more that has to do with the history of cannabis than anything else, um, as well as some of just the, the realities of a legalized market where there's taxes and it takes more money to participate. So you're charging a higher dollar for your product. Regardless, the licenses that Michigan has outlined in the emergency rules for recreational cannabis really opens Michigan up to have a very unique recreational cannabis industry um, and would hopefully provide plenty of opportunity for players of all sizes, small, medium, and large, and would attract consumers uh, from all over. I think it positions Michigan to have a very dominant presence in the Midwest at the very least, if not in the U.S. market.